This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, horror, fantasy and comics help us explore our humanity. Hi, welcome to Sci-Fi Talk, and we have today fine actor Douglas Tate. He's going to be appearing in the new Hellboy movie, a reboot of the Guillermo del Toro classic. Douglas, welcome. Thank you, Tony. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Is there much you can tell us about your character in Hellboy? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. Well, the film comes out next week, April 12th, so it's very exciting. Um, the exciting thing about this character for me is that it's it's fully practical. And nowadays, with the era of visual effects being what it is, and uh, CGI yeah. is getting better and better. But I'm such a fan of practical, and I feel like practical holds up more than CGI does. You know, every year you see new CGI come out and it gets better and better, but it doesn't hold up in movies. You know, you look back on a movie five years ago and the CGI looks outdated, but yet the practical that you see, even in 80s movies from Rick Baker and and Rob Bottini oh, yeah. and people like that. I mean, it stands out and it looks great. This character is so big and it's fully animatronic and it was all done practical except for a couple scenes where it had to grow and be bigger and that was motion capture. And, and then the lip syncing of the mouth had markers around it because you couldn't, even though the mouth moved and was fully mechanic, mechanic like, mm-hmm. through with servos, you couldn't lip sync the voice um, with the mechanics of the mouth, so they had to do some CGI enhancement there. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. You know, that's actually one of the things about your career. I know you've worked on Grimm and other shows where your face has been covered by makeup uh, <laughs> as an actor. How do you prepare for new, going in that you know you're going to be in makeup that day? That's a great question, and, and you know, every role differs and it, it's sometimes very challenging because especially on TV where you don't have a lot of time to really work on yeah. what you're doing it's kind of like you show up and you're in the makeup and you go with it the preparation so basically um, I go with the design and then then I then I go with the script to kind of get a feeling and then also uh, if I have a chance to speak with the director or the special effects person usually is there before me, so he has more of a sense of of how the character is. And then Mm. getting in the makeup, obviously, that will tell me a lot. Uh, It really helps to sit in front of a mirror to kind of, so I could see what's reading and what's not, because a lot of times in makeup, you have to over-accentuate your expressions so Mm. that they read. And then also body takes is a big part of it too. So I'll train with movements and animal movements and things so that my body is ready to go if I need to move or be in a position that's very difficult to hold. So those are kind of the things I do with Hellboy in particular. I had some time to really get in the character because I, I was, I was uh, in Bulgaria for three months. Um, so when I first mm. started as a character, it was very difficult because my head, the way it's positioned, my mouth is, I'm, I'm seeing out of the mouth. So when I looked forward, the eyes were up in the sky. 
So I, I literally had to look at the ground for the eyes to be looking forward. And it was very heavy and very hot. And I was in a, like a crouched position. So getting all the muscle memory and not having to think about it, it took time to really hone in on that. And, uh, and, and, and but I'm very proud of, of what, how it came out and everything. But it, it, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah, talk about challenging. That's that's yeah. that's a challenge in itself. Exactly. And that's not even exactly. playing the character. It's just a, it. There's the playing the character, and obviously the logistics of it too. So those are two yeah. different things. The more the more it's inhuman, the more people forget that there's an actual human in there, and they don't. <laughs> that's know right. What they're dealing with, they don't understand like how much you're dealing with, and these are just like mm-hmm. this sitting around you're dealing with a lot, let alone having to forget about all that and, and sell the character. There, there's a whole nother thing, you know, and, and I think that I've been doing this so long that I'm at such an advantage over anybody that would try to step into something like that because, yeah. you know, five minutes into that, if you've never done it and you, you just want to scream to get out because <laughs> especially something like an animatronic head, um, which is way different yeah. than a makeup, a makeup like Hellboy. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Hellboy, uh, what were your impressions of David Harbour in the role? I feel like he was incredible. I, I think he gave so much to that role. And any time that I was acting opposite him, I felt like I felt him, you know, like his energy and, and me bring my energy. And, and you know, I've seen what's been written you know, and and it's it's very difficult to to jump into that when something's been established by another actor, Ron Perlman, who also did an amazing job, obviously as Hellboy. Yes, and, and it's unfair to him to have to step into those shoes and get that kind of criticism. You know, because even being on set, he would talk about how it's really difficult to hear people say that. You know, he's not Hellboy and he sucks before he's even, they've seen anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So personally, seeing him on set and what he brought, and he wasn't going to copy and mimic Ron's performance because that's just not the way you do it as an actor. He he brought his own um, Hellboy to life. And in the words of Mike Mignola, uh, Ron Perlman <laughs> was Hellboy. And David Harborough is Hellboy. That, to me, uh, um, I agree with. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and uh, it look it looks like it goes it delves more into the origin of Hellboy than um, than the previous films did. Absolutely. And you know, if you look at the comic and you watch this film, you will see images from the comic on screen. I mean, they took nice. things right from the wild hunt for the fans. I feel like that, that's just a, a bonus because I spoke with Mike Mignola, who's an amazing guy. And, and he told me that he yeah. loves what he, what Guillermo did, but he said, Guillermo's version was not what I wrote. That was Guillermo's version. And he said, this yeah. is how I wrote Hellboy. This is Hellboy that I thought. Wow. Yeah, so mm, wow. that's got to tell you something that for the fans, you know, to, to see something that they've 
enjoyed in comics come to life on the screen. I mean, I think that's that's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and what a cast, you know, besides Mr. Harbour, Ian McShane, Mila Jovovich, D- Daniel Day Kim, Thomas Hayden Church, so- Sophie Okendo. I mean, it, that's a pretty impressive cast list right there. Incredible. I Absolutely incredible. <laughs> on that. I mean, say Mila was incredible to work with. She was, she was fantastic. She's the one I worked with out of the cast yeah she's she's terrific and certainly knows these kind of movies well with her resident evil franchise absolutely yeah she's definitely a genre person and and her husband is a director and he was on set for a little and they um they went straight from this to their movie monster hunters um which he directed her in so yeah yeah i was uh you know i was very pleased to work with such talent Ian McShane, <laughs> I mean, this guy, you know, he's iconic. <laughs> so it's yeah. very, very, very exciting um, to share screen time with these people. You know, uh, I got to credit you. You had this um, this cameo in makeup in the first Star Trek movie that people remember in At the Bar. You were kind of in the middle between Kirk and Uhura there, and uh, that must have been neat to uh, – and, you know, you're in makeup, of course, but – Surprisingly, you were able to emote a lot in that makeup. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, my friend who did my makeup, who I met on that, won the Academy Award for that makeup, Barney Berman. And yes, he, he used that makeup for all of his promotion for the movie. So it was a really neat thing. And J.J. Um, Abrams, the way it was written, it was really even going to be a smaller role than it actually was. And he liked the makeup so much, he gave it more screen time than it was ever going to get. So that was pretty exciting to be a part of that. And, and unfortunately, yeah. I can't speak, speak about it, but there's some other stuff going on in the Star Trek universe that I'm going to be a part of. Um, and I wish I could say more, but I can't. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I know how it works. But uh, yeah. speaking of Barney Berman, I, I talked to him last year, and you're in his movie Wild Boar, too. Oh, wow. You know about that. Yeah, we're, we're actually, um, yeah. for the fir- first time um, in a week from now, we're going to be at Monster Palooza screening some of the movie for uh, a large audience that's already sold out. And uh, yeah, yeah, and Barney's going to be there in the cast, so uh, I'm excited to see stuff because he's kind of he hasn't wanted he hasn't wanted to show any of us that he wanted to kind of surprise us when it's all done. So I haven't seen anything but the trailer, so I'm excited to see it because it was a low budget movie, but because we had his shop behind it and him, the special effects makeup of this pig world is pretty incredible, and he did a lot of miniatures too to create the world. So I think it's going to be, you know, a lot, look a lot better than it would have without having him, you know, his, his, um, shop behind it for the effects. So oh, most that's, definitely. That's cool. That's cool. You interviewed him. I didn't know that. That's really neat. I have to, I'll have to tell him about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we talked uh, last year about it and I was, you know, I was excited. We talked makeup a lot actually. And, uh, and he, you know, he's worked on many Star Treks. So, uh, and as you know, his his family has worked on, on Star Trek Three. And I mean, it's just 
a long line, and uh, the Berman family has a long history in makeup. So, uh, wow, and you know, in so directing. Yeah, and you know, it's so neat that you know this because a lot of people don't know that that, and 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 it's it's exciting that somebody that's running a, a show like yourself and, and interviewing me, I, I find that, that that to be very cool that you you know about that stuff. Oh yeah, actually, when I was I'm a, I'm an older guy, but when I was a young man, I I remember buying a book called Making a Monster. Which uh, I know talked book. about. I know that book. Yes. Do you really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I do. So I, I it, it impressed me so much. I've always wanted to uh, learn about it. Not that I ever wanted to to do that as a career, but I admired the people that did. And it goes back to my childhood watching the old uh, Universal Pictures, and you know watching uh, Jack Pierce's immortal Frankenstein makeup. And uh, oh yeah. So how did they do that? And they use something called Fuller's Earth, and you learn about all these oh different God. techniques. And oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. So the Godfather uh, made old age stipple uh, like a household word for makeup artists because they use that on Marlon Brando to make him look older. So uh, I've been a fan of it. I am a fan from afar, but I I know that it takes so much to do makeup, including sculpting, even drawing to design it. Uh, although a computer would help, but uh, you know, yeah. these days uh, it's 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 uh, it's changed a lot, especially with the advent of digital effects included mm -hmm. in makeup, and that's something Grimm did extremely well. And yeah. we talked about that, as a matter of fact, too. I'm all for that marriage of the two. Um, you know, the the yeah. something practical and then adding something that wouldn't be done as well practical. So the digital kind of enhances mm -hmm. it. But when you go all digital, it loses me. It's, it's like a video game. But the marriage of the two is great. Yeah, there's a there's kind of a fine line to walk. And then, you know, you lose people. I think the best example was that movie Van Helsing in the early 2000s with Hugh Jackman. I yeah. mean, it was just too much CGI. And it just, the movie didn't go anywhere because it was no. like watching a cartoon. Exactly. Yeah, and then just, you saw the underworld werewolves and stuff that were practical were amazing. Yeah. yeah. So another thing about Barney, I just, I just, another thing to talk about too, I just got back from Atlanta on Saturday and Barney was there oh, cool. in Zombieland 2 and I was right next door shooting Annabelle 3. Uh, I can't say <laughs> the character I'm playing, but it's a really amazing character and it's all practical and James Wan and Gary Dobberman were directing me. And um, these guys have it down. I mean, they are they yeah. are a great, great team to work with. Michael Clear, executive producer, and um, they're very successful, and now I know why. So yeah. that, that was very, very exciting to be a part of that franchise also. Yeah, she's coming back. Um, they, they took some liberties with the doll. But yeah. uh, it was actually a Raggedy Ann doll in real life. But um, oh, but it? still, yeah, yes, it, it is, and it's it's a true story. I mean, they uh, the Warrens have her in a, still in that glass case, you know. Yep. So uh, she doesn't get out. <laughs> but no, in the I movies, know. you can take some liberties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I know uh, yeah. when I when I did some research, I saw I heard that it was based off a true story, and I wanted to try to find out how my character got involved in it um but uh, yeah 
it's really neat. It's really going to be neat. And um, these guys are, they're another, speaking of practical, James Wan and those guys, Atomic Monster, yes. they're all about practical. They love to shoot everything mm-hmm. they can practical and whatever they can. Then they'll digitally enhance it. But they're, they're, they're like a Guillermo where they want to do things on camera. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. And that's why I think a lot of their movies are success. Not only they're done great, but just, just having, especially in horror and stuff, having things shot on camera and, and relating to it. And it just it, it draws you in more. And they're really good about that. Yeah. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of makeup, and as as you can tell, just talking to me, but yeah, I, I appreciate it, you know. But uh, yeah. but you know, it's it's I, then you know, digital. I mean, look what it did to Terminator too. I mean, it just totally blew everything out of the, and they wouldn't have been able to do the first Jurassic Park without it. So no, um, no, absolutely, you know, it, absolutely. It has a place. It definitely, it's a tool like anything. And, uh, you know, you know, we, we tend to fall in love with it and use it a lot, but, uh, but it's, it's cool. Right. Why don't we take a short break? I'm here with Douglas Tate. He's in the new Hellboy movie and he's going to be in Annabelle as well. Uh, the, the new sequel to that, but, uh, we're not going to, can't say too much about that obviously, but we'll be right back. Hi, this is Tony Tolato, reminding you to help me out by taking the Sci-Fi Talk survey. Yes, you might be hearing some commercials on my podcast now, but this survey will help to get more sponsors. The main reason why I'm talking to you is really to keep us going, and to keep us going for years to come. So it's very easy. You just go to survey.libsyn.com forward slash Sci-Fi Talk. And you just go there and complete the survey. It's actually extremely painless. It's only one page. And it just has your email address, your gender, age, and a few other questions. And it's really not that much. Hit the complete survey button and you're all done. And that's it. Hope you all visit com forward slash sci-fi talk. I'll be eternally grateful. Hey, everybody. I really hope you're enjoying this latest episode of Sci-Fi Talk. Do you know you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. I discovered this new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. So here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin when you listen. Then you turn your PodCoin into gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, Or if you're a good person, you can even donate PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what to do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And I got a special code for you. Simply use our code, SciFiTalk, and you get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us here, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. Go ahead, listen to this podcast. And I swear, it will change the way you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Jewel State. Hi, this is Justin Hartley from Smallville and Gemini Division. Hi, I'm Lance Riddick. I'm one of the stars of Fringe. Hi, this is Virginia Hay. I play Zen in Fastcake. Hey, this is Robert Patrick. Hey, this is James Marsters on Sci-Fi Talk with Tony Tolato. This is Colin Cunningham, also known as Major Davis SG-1, Stargate SG-1, I should say. Hi there, this is Christopher Heyerdahl from Sanctuary. I played Montague John Druitt. Hi, I'm George Decay, and I listen to Sci-Fi Talk. 
Right, back on Sci-Fi Talk with uh, Douglas Tate. So, you know, you mentioned James Wan. Uh, how does he like to work as a director on set? He's so precise about what he wants, and he will keep going until he gets it. And, and I don't, I don't say that that he's over exaggerated and, and you know ruthless about it. He's very excited about it and very happy and knows what he wants. And and watching him at work, I was like, no wonder this guy is successful. He's really good and very detailed and and he will he will see things in the moment and go oh what if we do this and then once we go on to that he'll want that to be perfect because he's seeing all angles of frame and 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 the look and he's he's a genius you know we have we have some geniuses in this business and he is definitely one of them in such a humble nice way you know very very gracious nice. and very thankful and very excited to be there, you know, and you feel that excitement you're working with him. And Gary Doberman, too, yeah, who's the director of of uh, Annabelle. James was there just oh, cool. popping out with him, but Gary's a director and he's the same way. He's great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, what James did with Aquaman was really phenomenal, obviously, and now he's in a whole stratosphere because once you get that blockbuster... Everybody looks at you different, and I'm uh, telling you, it's good to I'm see that. You. Yeah, he's had a lot of hits, but yeah, you're right. Once Aquaman became that that huge of a hit, he's at, he's to another level. Yeah, oh, and it definitely mm -hmm. hasn't gotten it definitely hasn't gotten to his head because I just work with him, and he's just a nice person. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. that's wild. But uh, it sounds good. Yeah, Annabelle, uh, it's an interesting franchise. And because it is based on a case, I'm, it interests me. And I want to see what he does with it. Yeah, so uh, what's on the table for you next? Well, I'm starting a new series. And it's in the sci-fi world. Um, very uh, nice. popular franchise of sci-fi. I could talk about it with you because the fans would love to hear it. But unfortunately, it's um, it's very secretive. Um, mm. um, so I can't speak about it, but it, it's big. So anybody that wants to follow me on my Instagram or Facebook or whatever, Twitter, will will definitely hear an announcement mm. as soon as I can say it. Um, I'm also on a show called Legacies, where um, I've played a couple characters now, and it's a CW show. Oh, nice! So that's happening, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, stuff stuff always always comes comes up. Um, I do this. I play this character. I don't know if you knew, but in these commercials for Jack Jack Link's beef jerky, the Sasquatch character. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's an ongoing. That's you. Yeah, that's me. That's an <laughs> gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on my IMDb, so a lot of people don't know it when they do their research on me. But when I say it, everybody's pretty thinks it's pretty cool because it's a really fun character to play. You're able to uh, to kind of bring some comedy to him. And again, you're acting through all that makeup and hair. And yet he's funny. Yeah, it's been really great because over the last five years or so um i really like um i don't have to think i don't have to think it's just he's just i know the character so well that i just i just play i just play in every moment and and when i play that's when all the funny stuff comes out you know even if something's written 
to be what it is, once I can just play and be the character, that's when the gold happens and the magic happens. So yeah. it's, it's really fun to get to that point where you're not thinking, you know, and you're just doing. Sure. And, and then you find moments because you know the character so well that you just react in those moments. And then, and then people are laughing off sad and you know, you know you hit something special. And I feel like that, that happens with that character. Yeah, we're laughing too watching it, believe me. We we <laughs> never fast forward those uh those commercials, I can tell you that right now. When because uh, I'm a DVR freak and I never fast forward those oh there's Sasquatch. Okay, let's watch this. Um yeah. so I wanted to ask you, uh it, it says that you host something called Nightmares, is that right? Yeah, I, I totally can talk about it. It was um a guy named uh Jim Kelly came up with that and long story short uh, someone at Sci-Fi wasn't interested, and it was canned, but it had me and Doug Jones in it and Kane Hodder from Friday the 13th and some other, you know, people in the horror world. So, but yeah, we only mm. did one episode, like the pilot episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like Sci-Fi made a mistake there, but that's not unusual yeah. <laughs> these days. I know. Them, you know? Hey, um, Doug Jones, uh, did you, I mean, uh, I don't know if you know him personally, but obviously I that's do. somebody who has made a career. Oh, I mean, he has been in makeup, you know, on and off and, and been able to do so much with it too. Uh, do you guys ever talk shop about that a little bit? Yeah, we have, you know, he's a buddy. I mean, I don't hang out with him or anything, but we see each other at events and we always, you know, talk and, and yeah, we do talk shop and a lot of the stuff we talk is just, it's just not really about what we do, but about how we're treated in the industry. Now, now he's gotten to another level where he's earned the respect, but yes, the things we've talked about is like being labeled, Oh, you're a creature performer. You're this, you're that, you're a stunt man. And then not getting the respect as an actor would. Because we're actors, yeah. we're actors acting, even though we may be playing something different, we're thinking about the role and character just like we would out of makeup. And, and that, that's the things we've discussed of how we've worked our butts off on something and then we're not even invited to the premiere. And the movie is based around us being the character that's doing the, you know, creeping people out or whatever it is. And, and that's what was, that's what we've talked about that frustration, uh, several times, you know, and, um, a lot of times what, ha what will happen is I'll be up for something and I'll have this huge body of work and then they'll say, Oh, well, the stunt coordinator is just going to pick one of his guys. And then, and it's like, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face and then that guy will get there and they won't do the job that I can do. And then they'll bring me in and, and, but but it's it's almost like a fight a lot of times like you know you wouldn't if it was like a martial artist you wouldn't say oh we'll just get anybody to to do that martial arts thing right. I mean I feel I've been doing this for 25 years and it's a skill I mean it's I've gotten better and better and I've worked at it and and I don't think it's such such a niche thing it doesn't deserve the respect that that we've worked hard to do. And that those are the things I've spoken with, with Doug. Yeah. I, you know, I totally agree. It, it is acting. You're not, you're not, you can put anybody in a suit 
or makeup. Yes. But if they can't, if they can't emote and they can't, they they can't be that character. That credibility. I mean, there's a there's that level that suspension of disbelief goes right out the window as soon Absolutely. as you can tell when somebody's doing a lousy job. And you see that in some of the other films where the filmmaker doesn't understand that. And and it just falls apart and you go, oh, this is stupid, you know, exactly. and you don't want to exactly. waste your time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and and there are people that get it, like Guillermo del Toro and, and people that understand how important it is. But you'll run across a lot of people that just see it as, oh, we can just throw anybody in it because they're not being seen. And and that that's when it's kind of like a, a lack of respect for what we do. Yeah. And, and it can be frustrating, you know, like even like asking for a certain credit. They want to say like man in suit or something. And you're and you're going, all uh. I'm asking for is to get credited as the character. And there's like a fight for that. Um, and you know what? It's getting better and better the more I do, the more respect I get. And like I said, Doug Jones finally got to that place where he doesn't have to deal with that, but he, it was a fight for many years, you know, and, oh, and the yeah. same is true with me. And you just have to win them over eventually where they're like, Oh yes, he's the guy because he does, has done this and this and this, but it's a long time. It's a long process, you know, to do. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. You have to, you have to yeah. keep fighting it because uh, it's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. And I mean, there's just, you know, those type of films, genre films, as much as they've advanced and uh, and and gotten praise, uh, you know, Black Panther being nominated and and uh, and even few more than a few years ago now, uh, you know, uh, Return of the King winning an Oscar for Best Picture. That took a yep. long time to get there, too. Absolutely. But uh, but there's a there's a lack of respect for the genre. And yet those are the things, the films that are keeping Hollywood afloat in some cases. I know. Studios afloat. I you know, know they're bankrolling their their what they call their um, their independent and in dramatic movies because those films are are making billions. So yeah, um, it's incredible. You, know, you don't. You're, you're absolutely right. It's exactly the yeah. truth, and it's and it's unfortunate that you know certain people don't see things certain ways and. Uh, and you know it is what it is, but I'm just I'm just happy to, to continue to work and and be successful in what I do, and I'll continue being better and improving all the time. You know, I learn from everything yeah. I do, so so it's it's exciting. Yeah, I agree. You can't stop learning. You always have to learn something. Exactly. Exactly. Been a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really glad we got into uh, that part of it, that last part of the conversation, because it's important to acknowledge people like yourself and Doug, who I've had the pleasure to talk to and just saw him last year at New York Comic Con for uh, Star Trek and the great yeah. work he's doing there. And Amazing. of course, I was I was the only one that came up with uh, a question about his physical movements and how he <laughs> came up with those for the character. But because uh, I notice stuff like that, and I know it's part of who the character is, and uh, I don't see Doug, I see I see I see Saru. I mean, he's just amazing as a character. So uh, well, that's why I was like so I see Sasquatch. Talking. That's why it's so great talking to you because you you you've asked questions and understand that level that a lot of people don't with makeup and movements and stuff. So it's been a real pleasure to speak with you. 
Yeah, same here. Hope we can do the same once that series is out and we can talk about it a little more. Absolutely. You know, I was at the Star Trek convention in uh, Vegas this past summer and uh, I got oh, a cool. chance to talk to Doug and that was the first time I've done it since since the beginning and I had a background featured role in Deep Space Nine when I was 18 years old and there was there were fans wow. screen grabs of that just for me to sign at that convention. It was just unbelievable the knowledge and and level of excitement of that group of fans for that world i was i thought it was amazing yeah once you're in the star trek family you're in it for good they don't forget you they really don't forget you which is awesome i'm i'm glad that the fandom is still strong and uh, certainly discovery is not hurting the franchise right now and uh no star trek belongs on tv that's although it's not really tv but No, I know, I know. There. but you know what? I'm I'm happy that 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 show has been successful, and um, uh, there's a, there's other ones coming, so it's exciting. Yes, they are. Yeah. It's going to keep me busy, but that's the way I want it. <laughs> exactly. More in more stuff to talk about, right? <laughs> Absolutely, more people and stuff to talk about. That's what I you know if. When I started, the landscape wasn't like it was now. And it was like, no, exactly. I really, should I really do this? <laughs> should I really be doing this? It's like, there's only three shows on the air that, at the time. And it was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? It's only three networks. Two yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. Well, Fox was around, so it was the X-Files. This was like back in 94. I was doing this on the radio, and it was oh, gotcha. Babylon 5. I was thinking the X-Files. We were like growing up as kids, there's only like three three networks, you know. Oh well yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I used to watch Star Trek in reruns. That's how I really saw the entire series initially was on reruns. Well, hey, I, I gotta run I gotta run, but uh Yeah, sure, I do too. And, uh, I'm gonna be in your neck of the woods next week for the Hellboy premiere. So uh so oh, uh, cool. excited about that, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you're gonna be there. All right. Well, thanks to you, Doug, and thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Until next time, this is Tony Tolado. Take care. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and you're listening to